I'm sure there is something that he could say and do that would make me reconsider, but the odds of that are just so small. Oh, the odds of a man apologizing? Yeah. No. <laughs> Erica. I, I think it's pretty small. I think it's pretty small. Welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Right, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Erica. Erica, hello and happy Martin Luther King Day. Yes, happy MLK Day to you. Hope, I hope everybody uh, enjoyed the day off, enjoyed the holiday, and uh, feeling refreshed. Nice and refreshed for the week. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm feeling more refreshed than I probably deserve to, given that I just got back from Nashville yesterday. But I feel okay. I mean, good to hear. You're, yeah. you're, you got your uh, introvert time back for a little bit? Yeah, I like despite I am such a consummate extrovert, but like despite that, I definitely do need a little social battery recharge when I get back from a trip like this, especially like I'm not ar- like I'm not around these people a whole lot. I I love all of them, but mm-hmm. I just don't see them that often, so there's like I'm it's not as comfortable as like people that I'm around, you know, every week. Right. Um but we had the best time. Everybody got along so well. It was, you know, 10 women, you you know, 10 people. You never know what the dynamics might be across the course of a weekend. Um, but it was super smooth. We had a great time. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into, into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice nice little flavorful drink that is a little, little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the Recess Ginger Lime Mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious. And you can get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Yeah, fun city, fun city, fun town. So fun. I'm like, I'm writing my blog post about it. I was like just writing it and then Brooke um, took a break to record. And one of the things that I liked the most about it is that we really didn't want to go somewhere where we had to plan every minute of the trip. Yes. Like when you go somewhere like, I've never been to Miami, but it it strikes me as this type of place. It's the kind of place, like the the kinds of places where you have to have a reservation for everything. Mm -hmm. Like even the bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even getting into like certain clubs, you want to go dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and from what I understood about Nashville, and luckily it turned out to be true, it isn't that type of place. Granted, finding a reservation for 10 people is going to be tricky no matter where you are. Mm -hmm. But we had very few pre-planned things because the type of group this was, was like anything could happen. Yeah. Very much. We shouldn't get to go. Yeah, or like we didn't we purposely didn't make reservations for anything on Saturday because we were going to be day drinking. Oh, perfect. And we're like we do not want to make a dinner reservation and then end up having to cancel it and maybe get charged because we like had we're having too much fun and wanted to stay at the bar. Exactly. Yeah, that's the move. It's a very bar hopping town. Yeah. Fun town. Lots of music. Yeah. Great. So, and we love country music. The whole group loves country music, so it was like bopping around from bar to bar. We had so much fun. I, however, discovered a new allergy of mine. Really? Well, by discover, I actually haven't figured out what it is yet. And I need to look it up. There were these seltzers, like um, like a high noon competitor, of like a right. vodka seltzer type thing called Neutrals. I believe it was spelled N-U-R-T-L. Or no, sorry, okay. N-U-T-R-L. I'd never seen them before, but when I asked if they had high noons at the first bar we went to, they said, no, but we have these. Interesting. And so that was on Thursday night. So I was drinking those. I like to drink seltzers or high noons when I'm out in situations like that because it just helps me like know exactly how much I'm drinking Uh, versus, you know, a mixed drink that could have who knows how much in it. And so I was drinking those and then we went home, everything. I wasn't that drunk. 
got in bed. All of a sudden, I had this crazy hot flash. Oh. So I'm thinking like, oh, I'm just really hot. So I like took my legs out of the covers, you know, temperature control, whatever. Then I was freezing. Oh. And then I felt like, oh, I'm going to throw up. Oh, that's the worst. And I ran to the bathroom and did oh. in the hotel. Did you immediately feel better? Like you got immediately, your immediately felt better. Yeah, that's definitely like something you ate, something you drank. So, sure. I, so I'm thinking like, oh, I had scallops for dinner. Like maybe that was it, whatever. Like I feel fine now, fine, go to bed. The next day, we go out again. I have these seltzers. We stayed out later that night. Around the same time on Friday night, we're dancing. I'm feeling great, having a great time on the dance floor. Hot flash. Oh, I didn't immediately connect it. I was like, oh, shit, it's really hot in here. I'm going to go stand by the door for a second. So I like went over to the door to like get a breeze. Yeah. Was standing in the door for a couple minutes and then was like, oh, I'm freezing now. I must have been standing in the door for too long. So I go back into the bar and I'm like, no, I still have chills. And then it hits me. This is the same shit that happened last night. You're about to vomit. Oh, crap. Did you make it to the bathroom in time? I ran. And I yeah. t- and everyone in line, I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm about to throw up. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sure they yeah. thought I was like wasted. It doesn't matter. People want that heads up. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like they <laughs> were going like, to let me go puke? no matter what. I was just like a little bit embarrassed because like uh, who wants to For be that sure. girl, right? But barely made it into the into the stall. Oh, thank God though. Again, immediately felt better. Yeah, that's your that's your common denominator. And was and it any like weird flavors, like a papaya or something? Pineapple, and I think I maybe had a, a watermelon one. Like it wasn't weird. I need to look up the ingredients. I haven't done that yet. Yeah. On Saturday, I steered clear of them. Felt totally fine. Well, also because it's in the can, you can't see the color of it. And I had a teammate of mine in college figure out that she's allergic to red food dye. I've heard of that. So anything that had a red food dye. So it also might be, you know, watermelon is always typically an artificial flavor. So it might be artificial watermelon flavor, uh, watermelon flavoring or pineapple. If it's not, you know, real pineapple juice. Who yeah, knows? I, I would bet it, it's one of those it things. Said it was. Anyway, I got to look it up. But on Saturday, it, it, that, it is definitely those seltzers because it was the exact same symptoms both night. That was the only common denominator. I did not have them on Saturday and I felt totally fine. And on Saturday, vol- like... Alcohol-wise, I certainly had more to drink than either of the previous two nights. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, and you rallied. Fine. <laughs> it's like, you're a real trooper for this bachelor. <laughs> no, no I'd throw up once and I'd be like, I'm done forever. That's forever? I'm the DD. <laughs> no one actually knew that that had happened. Oh, clutch. Because like, okay. everyone was asleep when it happened on Thursday. Yeah. And then on Friday, I just like didn't tell anyone and just like stopped drinking but kept dancing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the next day, they were like, I'm sorry, you've thrown up twice on this trip and didn't tell anyone? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm just, you know, trying to be trying to be part of the group. Oh, my God, fine. <laughs> yeah. Trying to be a team player, you know. Yeah. You know me. So, uh, anyway, I must be allergic to something in those seltzers. I am going to investigate what it is, but. Definitely. But overall, beyond that, the trip was awesome. Um, I talked on the Patreon about how I flexed a couple of my, like, meeting people in person muscles. Perfect time um, to try. Vacation energy. Vacation energy, like Rourke has said before. So was pumped about that. And then today I was thinking about – I went live this morning and I was talking about how one of my intentions for the year is to like be better at that and be more you know open when I'm going out, whatever. And in the live, I was like, yeah, and like I want to go to more events. Like I want to do – I went to that Amber Speed dating event a few months ago, I want to go to another one, but I haven't been able to make any of them since the first one I went to. Mm -hmm. An hour after I logged off the live, got an email from Amber. They're having an event. I can go. I'm going. Okay. So it's not speed dating. It's just like a big mixer event? No, it is speed dating. Oh, okay. Fun. Yeah. It's this company, Amber, A-M-B-Y-R. They had a couple videos go viral on TikTok a while back. It's like more curated speed dating events. Okay. How so? Is it like they make sure the ratio is even? They The ratio is definitely even, but the big thing that they do that in my somewhat limited experience with speed dating, the big difference that I've noticed is that in order to attend an Amber event, you have to have a video interview with one of their people. Okay. All right. And I found the event that I went to, even the people I wasn't interested in were good conversationalists. I was going to say it feels like that's what it's sussing out. It's just yeah. like 
Can you essentially meet a stranger like me on a Zoom and feel comfortable and make sure the other person feels comfortable? By- yeah, exactly. Okay. And so that was true for at least, you know, sample size of one event. We'll see if the same thing is true at the second one. But like that was true. And so I really liked that vibe. Okay, great. New method, 2023, going strong. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, you also have a date update, don't you? I do have a date update. So I went, well, first of all, I have a non-update update, which is that I haven't heard from either of my canceled Kirks. Except for, you know, not Pig Beach, the Bumble Man and... No, either. Next well, I, I meant the Pig Beach guy either. Oh, okay. Because people have been asking, like, hey, did you hear from him? Right, he didn't follow he, up at all. No, and I didn't expect him to because my my response to him was very much like, this is not the vibe I'm looking for. Like, farewell, sir. So if um, he came back, you'd be like, no, thank you. Never say never. Like, I don't want to be like, yeah, nah. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, who he, there, I'm sure there is something that he could say and do. Right. That would make me reconsider. But the odds of that are just so small. Oh, the odds of a man apologizing? Yeah. No. <laughs> Erica. I, I think it's brisbane. I think it's brisbane. Uh Yeah. No, the odds of the odds of their the odds of the reason like his apology and reasoning rising to the level that it would overcome the way that he canceled are very small. Okay, I get that. But I'm not. I'm like I'm like open to the possibility, I guess. But like not really. Mm-hmm. Um, the other guy, I very much expected to follow up because his reason was very legit and the way that he communicated it was very legit but i haven't heard from him yet so and and no update on the emergency at all either no right so i mean still benefit that is out there i would give because it's like a hundred percent and like obviously i have more information about the emergency than i am yeah exactly due to his privacy and therefore from the information that i have i am still very much benefit of the doubting him right you're like we haven't written off this man just not at all because of the extra information that i have and i don't i don't say that to be like no 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 coy or anything just like just respecting this man's privacy yeah it's like we're just saying he probably isn't back in town yet is what i would be unlikely i do not think he's back very unlikely no very unlikely that he's back in town okay uh and then how did your date go last week so we are calling him the falcon he does have a name, a nickname. It it didn't go well. Mm. It was the conversation was so stilted. Tough. From the jump. And I know that he felt the same way. For starters, neither of us have reached out afterwards. Yeah, mutual opt-out. The mutual opt-out. But like I could just tell, like, neither of us were feeling it. That's the worst when you're just like, why is this hard? Yeah. I'm like, why, why am I, why am I grasping at things to talk about? And I can tell he is too. Like, I, I don't think it was like a, oh, this guy can't carry a conversation. I really think it was like, we do not have juju. It's just not there. It's just not there. It's just so tough. Cause I would sit there being like, Erica, you've been on hundreds of dates. Why can't you have a conversation with this man? Like. You're out talking to strangers every night, but this one yeah, is like it just a was like code you can't crack. I don't know. Something. And like, he, I think he felt the same way about me. So yeah. we had a drink. We went to Bar San Miguel, which is in either Gowanus or Park Slope. I'm not entirely sure which neighborhood. But if you're in Brooklyn or just in New York City in general, amazing tequila mezcal type cocktails, really good small plates. We shared guacamole and one other thing I can't remember now. Very cute vibe. Okay, great. So at the very least, I've never been to this bar. I've walked by it all the time. It's on Smith Street. And actually, I think Carroll Gardens is where it's at. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Someone, You can look it up. Um, bar San Miguel. I've walked by it all the time. And I got to go. So I got out of it that there's this very cute bar that has great tequila cocktails. And that was what I got out of the evening. Hey, it happens. Yeah. And uh, it coincides with your kind of resolution or after we did the recap you were like oh i want to be more definitive of like do i want another date with this person or do i not so yes. this is just a definitive i don't there really was no connection there you know nothing nothing wrong with the person just no not at all didn't happen just not my person yeah. um 
So, yeah. So that was the Falcon, um, who shall fly no more. And then I do have a couple irons in the fire, Kirk's in the fire, if you will. Okay, more. Um, on I have one going on on Hinge currently. Okay. Who just got back from – he has um, family internationally, and he just got back from seeing them yesterday. So we've Love been, it. like, uh-huh. chatting a little bit over the la- course of the last week while he was gone and then I was gone, but now we're both back. Great. So hoping there's going to be something happening there. And let me get your take on this. So right right before we came on the pod just now, I got a Hins message from a guy that I've matched with, and his first message is – Hey there, Allie, you have a beautiful smile. Should we get some California burritos? Which, by the way, is something I mentioned in my voice memo on my profile. Okay. How do you feel about the immediate ask out? I don't hate it. I don't love it. Yeah, I I am so back and forth on it. Because it's, I often will see on male profiles, um, something along the lines of like, you should message me if they're like, you're down to go out and meet. I don't want a pen yeah. pal forever. And I'm very like, yes, love that vibe. I get it. Same, same thing. Same. Right. Um, but there's a little bit to being like, I would just like a little bit more chat, even if it is like not even 15 minutes. Something like a couple back and forths to be like, okay, like we can converse. Yeah. Like I'd almost maybe reply a little coyly like, Oh, you are you want me to show you that spot this quick? Like, well, that that's probably what I was gonna say because honestly, I don't specifically want to do that. Right, right, right. <laughs> on our yeah. first date, um, but yeah, I'm like a little bit. I've been in this situation before where there's two ways you can go with this, right? Either you can say yes, obviously, but then I've been in situations where I've said yes to the like opening message, but then we continue to talk, and I realize like, oh, actually, something has happened, and I don't want to go out with this man. Mm-hmm. And now I have to cancel a date. Or I then I say something kind of like deferring his ask out, but now it's on me to then come back to it when I feel yeah. like I'm ready. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like this situation really is like, okay, how attractive do you find their profile? Be honest, because I've sometimes tried to be picky with swiping, literally thinking if this man opened a message to me immediately saying, hey, let's grab a drink. Would I feel like, yeah, screw it. Let's go. Or would I be like, oh, you know, like "Eh, I was on the fence about you and like I need a little bit more work or blah, blah, blah. And not saying either of those things are correct. Um, I actually would say a weird medium might be like actually want to do like a quick phone call. Oh, like a five minute phone call. I don't know how you feel about that, but I would be like, okay, clearly this person wants quick and efficient and I just need a little bit of vibe on you. I'd go, Hey man, how about, so you seem efficient. How about to save both of us some time? You want to call me and just chat for five minutes? Oh, that's interesting. And I feel like you're kind of calling him on his game of like, Hey, let's meet. You're like, all right, call me real quick. Bet. And, and we'll do it. We'll set a date. Because, uh, and this is something of, I don't know how old this person is, and this isn't, you know, a knock to age, but all my guy friends that are, like, closer to 40, yeah, they're very, like, you know what? Like, I don't want to be wasting my time, and they're all about, like, oh, I don't mind at all when a woman's, like, hey, you know, just to save my own time, do you mind if we do, like, a quick phone call before I agree to, like, meet you in person? Yeah. And uh, a dude that is, like, looking to really date, I think, is very, like, yeah, why not? You know? Especially when you say quick. You're, like, five minutes. Yeah, I'm not trying to talk for an hour. Right. Or like people that, you know, did the Zoom and the FaceTime dating during the pandemic. I was one of them. Yeah. Some of those can feel very much like an interview and you're like, Mm -hmm. this sucks. And so, you know, quote, being out of the pandemic, everyone's like, fuck that. I don't want to go back to that. So I'd be like, I I think a phone call is a happy medium. Oh, maybe I'll try it out. Should I send it right now while we're live on this thing? I mean, why not? If you're feeling it. If you don't hate that suggestion, I think I think that's a nice. No, I'm terrified by it, but I don't hate it. <laughs> well, here's the other thing: we're recording right now. You got you look nice, so even if he goes Facetime and you got a deal, you're like, I'm good to go. I got ah! my I got my lights set up. I got my makeup on. Bring it, sir. You know. <laughs> um, don't have my makeup on, but I do have my lights set up. All right. Well, you look great to me. So, oh, thank you. I wouldn't know. Um. Oh no. I, so what should I say exactly? Help me craft this text live. Okay, read his message again. Hey there, Allie. You have a beautiful smile. Should we get some California burritos? 
I like I'd say I like the efficiency, haha. And then I would send another message that was like, "Want to hop on a phone call for five minutes uh, before I say yes to that?" Something like that. Like, before I say yes, do you mind if we just have a quick phone call for five minutes? Get get a feel on each other's vibe. How about that? I mean, you could edit that. You know, you could put that through the alley filter. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of what I would say. Want to hop on a phone call for five minutes? Not that I'm free currently. Yeah, I would say yeah before I say before I say yes. So you're being like, hey, I'm leaning towards yes, but just give me yeah. a little. Okay, so I'm saying before I say yes, want to hop on a phone call for five minutes? Yeah, I like it. All right, I just sent it. Why not? Goodbye. I'm gonna go pass away now. Oh, and kind another- of a fun challenge. It's like you're gonna pass this phone call, buddy. Another guy on Hinge, different guy from either of the two that I just mentioned, su- suggested a date this week. Like blindly, same thing? No, no, no. I've been oh. talking to him. I was like, send him, send him. So I had told him that I was going to Nashville and he had said like, basically he was like, oh, well, like we'll have to go on a date when you get back unless you fall in love with a cowboy and I never hear from you again. Cute. Love it. Yeah, it was cute. Um, And then, yeah, he said, you're going to fall in love with a cowboy, have a great time and do this whole long distance thing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so anyway, then we had a little banter. And so I texted him today and said, reporting live from New York where like no cowboys were met this weekend. Cute. Love it. Um, and so then he said, oh no, I guess you'll have to settle for a date with me this week. Oh, beautiful. I like this guy. I, yeah, same. All right. There got you go. three hinge Kirks in the, in the mix. Look at that. We got, we got a queue lined up. I we like do, it. We do, because then, yeah. Oh, man. All right, all right, all right. There so that's go. me. What's going on with you? Um, so last week I talked about the man I met in the DMs, but also kind of through my friend Molly. Yeah. Um, so he did get back in town last weekend. Um, hit me up, being like, hey, what are you up to? Hilarious. I was on a walk with Molly. Yep. I said, funny, I'm hanging out with your girl Molly. And he FaceTimes me immediately, which... I was like, I actually kind of like this. Like, this guy seems very, like, I don't know, doesn't follow that weird, you know, dating thing of everyone trying to be a little too cool, you know? And not saying he's even coming on to me strong. He just FaceTimed to be like, hey, what's up, girls? Like, Yeah, I like, so you mentioned the story of the Patreons heard this right after it happened. Right. So shout out to early access of the Patreon T. Um, but you were talking about it, like, it just seems like he's so he just has this easy confidence in doing that. Like, I don't know this man at all, but like to be able to just kind of not think about that and to just be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to FaceTime her because she's with this other person that I know. Like, it's just, I like that a lot. Yeah. I got, I kind of like that. He isn't sitting there being like, uh, this, this might seem like I'm too into it or blah, blah. blah. He's like, Oh, funny. She's with my other friend. I'll FaceTime the two of them and say hi to both of them because it's like, you know, I'm with Molly, you know, I'll be like, yo, your boy texted me, uh, which I totally did. He FaceTimed mm-hmm. and just, he was just like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm on a walk, too. Uh, quick little chat. And he was like, all right, like, have fun on your walk, blah, blah, blah. And then he sent me a text of like, hey, we'd still love to like get that coffee sometime, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, definitely, let's set that up soon. Um, and then this past weekend, uh, the long weekend with the holiday, I did see he was traveling somewhere. So I did okay. not hear from him, but I'm like, oh, all right. Favor from him, great. Would love to go out with him. Um, and then I had my date with the guy I met after our live show. Who we are calling King of Queens. King of Queens, because uh, he lives in Queens and is from Queens. So, love that. Uh, and this man also has a very quiet, confident energy to him that I really, really like. Even yeah. from upon meeting him, he was very like, at the end of our conversation, he was like, you know what? He's like, would you want to like, get some food sometime or something? Like, I really like talking to you. Would love to get your number. And then he even, the first time he met me, gave me like a, I'm going to go talk to some people and stuff. Like, I'll circle back. Like, give you a second to almost think about it so i don't yeah, feel like right? i'm, like, you I'm not spot. yeah like he wasn't just like backing you into a corner feeling like oh my god i have to say yes to this person because he's like imposing right in front of me right and i also, also he happens to be like a large man yeah and i've also been in that situation too you're like well i want to stay at this party longer and if i'm about to get rejected i won't want to stay at the party so you're like let me do it on the exit so on his exit he came back and he was like so like i said i'd love to get your number He's like, I hope that's not too direct. I was like, not at all. Here you go. Um, great planner. We went to that swingers golf place, mini golf place. So great, fun. Great date spot. Uh, I'd say whatever number date you want to do. Very, very fun. Has bar you can hang, food you can get food. The the golf course is the perfect length. 
I was about to say, not a huge time investment. No, not at all. And like, they're not super long holes. Like most of the pars are like three. Yeah. So tiny. Yeah. And just, uh, man, I was, I, when I walked in, it was something of, he was, I do not mean this to be mean, but he was more attractive than I remembered. I've been there. And that's great. And, but that's the hilarious thing of meeting him in real life. I had friends being like, Oh, what's he look like? Send me a picture. I go, I don't, I don't have one. I don't have one. I'm like, I don't, I don't have his full name. I don't have his Instagram. Like, and it's kind of nice to not get sucked into a social media presence or something that can give you an impression and make you already think things about a person. Like I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm just going purely on like, what's the vibe I feel around this guy. Um, and I had a really, really great conversation after the golf place. We ended up hopping over to a bar he liked that had some good like food. I was like, great. Had some food, hung out, talked. He walked me home. Uh, and even on the walk home, cause part of me was like, I don't feel I want to kiss this man yet. I just didn't mm. have that feeling. Yeah. But the walk home and even like him saying goodbye, I really did not feel like any sense of like pressure or expectation. Like, I didn't even feel like he was like trying to linger to get a kiss. It was really like a, just a really great energy. I was like, Oh, I, I feel like this man genuinely was just like, oh, let me walk you home. And, you know, and even he ended up being like, uh, so can I take you out sometime? Which I was like, oh, I kind of like that phrasing. It was like, I was like, hey, you I want to? It. It'd be great. Um, yeah. And I mean, I gave him a hug. I'm not a cold person. Uh, and I ended up staying outside and talking with him until his car came to go home. And I mainly felt comfortable doing that because I was like, oh, I like that. I don't feel like this guy's like really trying to make a move, you know? Yeah um and you've had you've had stories in the past of men who've walked you home where you've told them i'm going up by myself and then they have and they've said yeah 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 totally i just want to walk you home and then attempted to invite themselves up anyway when they got there oh i've gotten i got the bathroom excuse was the last guy guy. he's like i really have to use the bathroom i looked at him i was like the bathroom excuse are you for real like we were just in a public place where that had a bathroom. We were just there. Right. And there's something to being said that like, I didn't even feel the need to clarify that with this man. Oh, interesting. And I it, like that a lot. And it might've like in the other scenario been like, that was your instinct. Just being like, this dude's gonna try to pull some shit or gonna mm. be a little pushy. And there was something about him telling me like, Hey, if you let this man walk you home, like clarify it. And I did not feel that with this guy. That's so, I was so like, interesting. Huh. That like gut instinct of like, like this feels like a safe situation. Yeah. Like I really just felt very safe. And also like with him being very planny, very like take the lead. Like I, it, it's like, it was the perfect combination of someone who's like confident and like, I, I hate saying like masculine, but it was this kind of like, he has like a masculine energy to him. He's confident yeah. Um, but is also very, very kind and caring. So it's like he ha- he's not a pushover and he's not like that super macho alpha where you're like, okay, a little toxic, you know? Yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful blend. Right. If anything, I'm like, oh, this feels rare to find. I feel like as someone who has more of an alpha energy, I feel like I kind of draw in a little more beta energy where they're like, oh, good. She'll just take charge and, and I don't have to worry. And I'm like, it's not even a worrying thing. Like I just, I would like an opinion. Like, yeah. Where would you like to eat, buddy? You know, like <laughs> something. Um, so yeah, it was very much. A, I wouldn't say a marathon date. It was like I don't know, two two hours. But I just, I had a nice time, and I was very much like, yeah, yeah, I would go out again. Why not? Like, had no reason to not. So I would love to kind of see it through more. All right. Well, on that note, we ready to get to our big topic for today. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. 
And if you want to check out some stand-up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand-up shows. Start swiping on Hinge. Bring a date. Have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. So we've gotten many submissions and suggestions across. It's been 100 episodes, by the way. This is our 101st episode. Yeah, 101, baby. Which is nuts. We, we forgot to call it out that last week that it was our 100th, but it was. Um, we've gotten so many suggestions to talk about plastic surgery, cosmetic procedures, how they impact dating, you know, that kind of thing. And it's definitely something that we do want to have an expert guest on about. And so we, we are going to put up a suggestion box, but also findingmrheight.com slash podcast. You can suggest if you have expert guests in this field that you think would be great, please do because we're going to do a part two about this. But when you and I were out a few weeks ago, we discovered about each other that we both have personal stories on this topic. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think like a lot of women, we have looked into different cosmetic procedures and you and I are both someone that have, quote, had work done. And I've always been open about it if anybody ever asked me about it as I do think it's something I appreciate especially listen I'm not saying we are celebrities but I almost feel like anytime a celebrity posts the bikini photo I would love if there was an asterisk being like yeah by the way I had this done or I work out with the trainer the professional trainer and I have a chef and I have a nutritionist like like, here's it almost, how much money I spend on this. Exactly. Like, I almost kind of want to know to be like, that will make me be like, okay, well, I don't have that much money to spend on all these things. And if I did, I could look like that. But alas, I am a regular human being. Uh, <laughs> but I guess you could even say I'm not a fully regular human being, quote unquote, because uh, yes, I have I have personally had uh, plastic surgery. So, Yeah. And I think that it's something that I also am super open about when asked or like when it comes up and it interestingly has never come up on this platform. That is very interesting. I did pull up a couple plastic surgery statistics because a few, a few things have changed. Uh, and I literally will say this quote right here. Okay. So it's this uh, study is always done every year by the American Academy of facial plastic and reconstructive surgery. So basically all types of plastic surgeries. Um, so all the members of this, uh, Academy, experienced an increase in appointments almost unanimously. 92% indicated it was largely due to patients having more time and flexibility to recover from treatments since many are working from home or Mm. have some type of hybrid. And this was a big thing I heard about and I was glad to see it. There's something called the Zoom effect. Where you're staring at your face. Yep. So now that we're all work from home, we're on these video calls where you can fully see yourself. And we all know you're on that call. You keep, you keep glancing at your face, right? Like, oh, how do I look? You're, you're fully looking at yourself the whole time. Right. So the Zoom effect, uh, they said, has factored in as well, according to 89% of respondents. And also, this working from home has allowed some people to save more money because of all the benefits and having more disposable income to spend on plastic surgery. 83% of the Academy members said that 75% or more of their work has been facial plastic surgery. And it's up from 75% before. And what's really crazy about this is like for percents to jump that much is always huge, but also like literally it's been within two years That's since wild. we've just been home. Yeah. So I found that super interesting. It's interesting to me, like, although we are, and we will get into our personal stories, but like, although we are both people that have had cosmetic procedures and I don't regret mine in any way, I'm extremely, extremely happy that I did it. And I think that if, if you want to do something and you can, I say go forth. Mm -hmm. It really is staggering to see the negative effect 
from like a self-perception perspective that the last few years have had on a, on us oh, with, definitely. These, with these percentages. Like I'm now in a place where like I don't look at myself and want to change something drastically like that. Although I think if I hadn't have had the procedure I did, I would still want to change that thing, which is why I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that, it's just, it's staggering to me to read those statistics. And I have to assume, and this is a dating podcast, so like correlating to dating, like I have to assume that that's then translating into how people are feeling when they're going out there on dates. Oh, 100%. If they're feeling that way when they're like looking at themselves all day and now they're going out on a date with somebody who's looking at them. Mm-hmm. Well, I've gotten, I've gotten many messages from people or anytime I do questions, I have people ask me of like, how do I date like and feel confident, but like I've gained weight since 2020. And I don't feel confident in my new appearance and I'm not used to my new body. And that's something that's like, I feel like all of us experience for different reasons, whether it's weight gain, whether it's suddenly you notice just something you don't like about yourself. Like maybe being on the Zoom calls has made you be like, oh shit, like I don't like how my nose looks on video or whatnot. But I think it's one of those things that's like, again, I think if you want to do something, go forth and do it. While also I'm very cognizant of like, it fucking sucks that as a society that we've like seen aging as something that needs to be like stopped or reversed. Definitely. And also it's like any type of plastic surgery, once you start doing it, it can become addictive. Yeah. Especially when you've had success with it. So you have success. You're like, I didn't like this thing. I got it, you know, fixed to my liking, I'll say. Uh, and then it's very, very hard, especially with like lines where, you know, there's this magic thing that I just have to go and get a little injection and my line will be erased. Uh, I see how it very much can become addictive. So it's a, it's an interesting balance, I think for everybody. And I feel like a lot of people tend to end up on the extremes of either side. Yeah. It's something I want to be very cognizant of if, and when I ever do do any of those Botox or fillers or anything like that. I think it's really easy for your baseline to change Mm -hmm. in terms of like what you think, like where your baseline of like what your face looks like is. Yeah, exactly. So like if I, for example, for like lip fillers, I don't think that's something that I would do, but for people that want to, they look at their lips now and they're like, okay, I want to get fillers. They get fillers. They're like, okay, I really like this. And then that becomes the baseline of what their lips look like. Right. And so now they have like a new normal in their head. Mm -hmm. And so then- that I think is how people end up at those extreme places because Definitely. the baseline just keeps shifting in your own head because you're say, changing your own perception of yourself. What I would say even more so, like I have not gotten, you know, Botox done or lip fillers. Right. But like if suddenly all of my friends are doing it mm-hmm. and now it's like, well, the baseline of everybody else is so different than the baseline of me. You could suddenly feel like, Oh, like, I now, quote, don't look normal compared to all these people I'm around. But then the argument is, what is normal? Yeah, Normal is always just the environment you're in and what you're used to saying. So it's the same thing of like, you know, we're in a metropolitan area, a city. Plastic surgery is just naturally more common in our area. So we know of people doing it more. We see people doing it more. And I'd even say people are more open about doing it. It's like, I feel like therapy in New York. Everyone's like, of course you got to get a therapist. This is the city, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's such a place that, like, I remember first moving here and, you know, like my family and stuff all being like, yeah, everybody gets work done around here. Like, I am I was from the suburbs, upstate. It was like, yeah, it's not like as known or people just don't talk about it as much. But like, the city, like, I've found myself sometimes looking at people being like, oh, they got a really you know, nice set of lips. I wonder if those are theirs or was it, you know, what the doctor ordered? Like, you're always curious, but good plastic surgery, you can't tell. (laughs) Yeah. And it like, it starts to become so ubiquitous. You're right. And like, although it's like, I feel I'm talking to both sides of my mouth sometimes I feel like, because on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, man, that fucking sucks that like our self-perception is at that place. On the other hand, I'm definitely like, if you want to do something, do it. Yeah. It's a very weird line to be in. And it's also trends. Like we're old enough to have seen trends of, I remember when many people were getting breast implants and now everybody's getting Brazilian butt lifts, like asses in things change. Uh, but I, I think that's a great question too, of it's like, I would definitely want to know, like, what is the reason you want to get this? Because especially, you know, wh- whoever you date, whatever gender you date, it's like, are you doing this because you think it will just attract more of 
that gender? Or are you doing this because it's something like you don't like and you really want to change and it would really make you happy? Because if you're doing a really good framework. Yeah. Like if you're doing anything in life, like, oh, I think I'll do this because I think it will attract more people. It's like, okay, well, is that really what's going to make you happy at the end of the day? And the answer is no. Probably not. Right. Because it's like, well, if you do, you know, get work done and then what, you don't find someone in three, six months a year are you sitting there almost regretting it? Like, yeah. Or like, Oh, now I have to get something else done because I didn't get enough done mm-hmm. to make myself feel attractive to whomever it is. A- absolutely. Right. And, you know, I also think that there's, you know, we've mentioned filters before and that's something that I've tried to be more cognizant about is my use of even just like, you know, the Paris filter on stories. Yeah. It's pretty subtle. Very subtle. Very, like you, you pretty, you pretty much can't tell when somebody's using it, but it does change your face. It smooths your face a little bit, mm-hmm. and I don't use it anymore. And the reason is one because I I want to be, you know, a filter free world. But the the like bigger reason for my own personal happiness is because when I so I do my stories like and I do like AMAs in my stories and then I'll save them and post them as reels and TikToks later. Mm-hmm. And when I was going to post my stories to Reels or to TikTok, I was then seeing this face that was filtered, but because it's so subtle, I don't remember or realize that it's filtered and then comparing it with the face that I'm seeing in the mirror and they don't look the same. Mm, Yeah. And so then me being like, oh no, like I look worse today than I did that day. Right. And no, no, you don't. You just had a little glitter on you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so this is like over a year ago that I made this change now. It's been a very long time since I've used that, but that's the reason. Yeah. Because I was like comparing myself to myself. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough spiral to go down. Mm-hmm. It's even when like I'll have old photos of myself pop up and I was thinner and suddenly yeah. I feel terrible about myself of like, why don't I look like that? Because my brain like forgot I was that thin ever. Because, you know, gaining weight uh, was a gradual thing for me. And I'm just like, oh, I'm like used to my body. I'm feeling comfortable with my body. I'm feeling good. And then I see those old photos and I'm like, shit. And if anything, I think, remember back then when you still thought you were chubby? Like you still thought you didn't look good enough. And now you look back at it and you're like, damn, look how good I looked. I should have been yeah. in a bikini all the time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Like, <laughs> There's also like there are some years where I was thinner than I am now where I was not happy. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I was losing weight is because I was unhappy. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember that when you look at those photos. No. no like that no. doesn't, that doesn't, you know, you're not like, oh yeah, remember, I wish, I wish that I could frame my brain this way. And I've tried to, when I see pictures from that particular year, mm-hmm. I try to immediately think like, God, remember how unhappy you were? Yeah. Instead of where you could go with that. Right. Or you were obsessing about your weight and your body because of that toxic person you were dating. Yeah. That's a a tough spiral to go down. Yeah. So anyway, so what have you had done, Allie? (laughs) (laughs) Or I think we feel like we're both avoiding the, uh, the bullet. No, not at all. Um, so like you said, I, this isn't something that I have ever hidden. Like I've been super open about it with all of my friends, you know, et cetera. Um, but isn't something that has ever come up on this platform because I, we don't really talk about our boobs very often, <laughs> but I had a breast augmentation when I was 19. So this is very interesting to me because you were, you were young. This is pretty yeah. young. Uh, how, how did you essentially come to this decision? What was, what was the process like? What made you, I don't know, think to do it. So I, all throughout, I've always, well, I haven't always been as tall as I am. I was like on the taller side, but then 10th grade or so really shot up to now I'm almost six feet tall. I was very tall, broad shoulders, like a bigger frame. Athletic body. You know, yep. athletic body. Yeah. Like objectively speaking, like not in mm-hmm. a bad way. And I had like the flattest of flat chests. Mm-hmm. I was a double A on one side and a triple A on the other side. And at the time, to your point about trends, at the time, that was not cool. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with that in high school. I struggled with, you know, the quote unquote popular girls and not looking like them. 
But the thing that I struggled with more when I got into college, so I went into my freshman year, the thing Mm -hmm. I struggled with more as I started to get more and more into clothing was the clothing not fitting me right. Like it wasn't just that I was flat chested. It's that they were – one was double the size of the other one. Like I said, double A, triple A. It might have even been A, triple A. I had to wear padded bras. Yeah. Where like one side was padded. I felt like a seventh grader. Like I felt like I was in a training bra in gym class and tissues were going to fall out of it. Yeah, understandable. And I was like starting to date more and feeling so self-conscious about like taking my bra off in front of a guy because it was padded so that so mm-hmm. that it wouldn't look uneven. Yep. I had people like mention the unevenness at times oh. when I wasn't wearing one. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so it just, it started to really bother me and it was less about the dating thing and more about my clothes. Like it was like, I'd put on clothes and they just wouldn't look good. Can I ask you this? Yeah. Did part of you like feel less like a woman? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a common thing. My friends that have had breast implants say. Absolutely. Especially at that time when there were very few representations in like the, like this is like the height of like the Tyra Banks type of supermodel. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it was not the era of Twiggy. No, no. Victoria's Secret was on fire. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I could not wear anything in that store. And so I had conversations with mom about it. And like throughout my freshman year, really, it was like yeah. a, an extended conversation of like discussing it. And so I ended up deciding to do it the summer in between my freshman and sophomore years of college when I was 19. Okay. In hindsight, very much wish I had done it before college. Yeah, just like fresh start. People yeah, people like were just, less likely to know. Yeah, although I will say that that obviously everyone knew because mm-hmm. it was a very marked difference. That really helped me be more comfortable with it. And yeah, really it kind of forces say, you to. Yeah, and really say like, you know what? This is something that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I... I had the fortune of being able to do it. And so I did. And I learned how to talk about it. And I think that it's the one of the main reasons why I'm so open about it now when people ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that I think, although on the one hand, I wish I had at the time, I wish I had done it before college, like because it came up so much. But looking back on it, I think that actually was really helpful. Yeah. Also, you know, you really thought it through, really talked it out with your mom. I'm sure. Did your research on what surgeon to use? Like, you know, especially you you were young. It's like, okay, let's like make sure this is, this is really what you want and let's make sure we do it right. And, you know, it's nice that she was supportive of it and not so much just like, oh no, you're too young, you know, cause that's, that's always an interesting line between like mothers and daughters and the parents and yeah. You my know. mom actually helped me with the research on surgeons. She's in the medical industry. And so right. she like knew of plastic surgeons in San Diego and like, you know, wanted to make sure obviously like, okay, if you're going to do this, like we're going to make sure that it's done right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I think it was. Yeah. So essentially you're happy with it. Oh Didn't my God. Yeah. Can I, can I ask you, how is the recovery? Is it, it was painful? Brutal. It was brutal. I have Especially, heard it's pretty painful, yeah. So mine are submuscular, which means that they are underneath my pectoral muscles. Oh, okay. And I purposely opted for that type of surgery because it, at the time at least, this is this information is 15 years old, so this is not meant to be like, well, none mm-hmm. of this is meant to be medical advice. That should be obvious. But at the time, submuscular looked much more natural because when you think about a breast implant sitting on top of a muscle, there's like more of a ridge. Yeah. Okay. That you could that. see when the where your boob starts. Interesting. Versus if it's submuscular, then like the slope of your muscle kind of like smooths it out. Yeah, I was wondering if that affects your ability to breastfeed. So it might muscular. Like I thought that's what you were about to say was, oh, it, it kept breastfeeding an option for me, which I, which I'm not sure. I'm not a doctor. No, I think actually submuscular makes it the the risk at the time at least the risk of not being able to breastfeed was higher but as far as i know like as far as my doctor said everything is totally fine in that okay in that respect i, I won't know until it maybe happens if it i if i ever try to breastfeed right um but 
that made the recovery worse because they cut through your pectoral muscle. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So it was brutal. It felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. Like heavy, heavy weights and, and not, not pun intended of the boob weight. Like, no, it was just because like, of the just process. So much pressure. Yeah. And you couldn't, you can't like lift, I forget how long it was now, but you like couldn't lift your arms above your head for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Makes um, sense. I was waitressing at the time and that's so why I had to take time off of that because I couldn't like lift um, certain weights. Um, I think it was like a month. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of this is different now. Technology has obviously evolved. This was 15 years ago. Also at the time, they thought that I would have to get it redone within 10 to 15 years. Interesting. Or like 10 the, years, the, I think, like actual the implant in place, uh, replaced, right? Because it's like there's a risk for, or they thought there might be a risk for like leakage or something, right? No, it was like more so getting like another lift. Oh, interesting. Okay. But that information, what's really interesting about this stuff is that like the information that they have at any given time the medical community in general, the information that they have at any given time about long-term effects of stuff is based on procedures that happened 10 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. So like when I got mine done in 2006, mm-hmm. the information about people having to have them redone after 10 years was based on people who got them done in 1996. Okay. Interesting. So like they didn't actually know that was just like the most updated and I'm totally fine mm-hmm. 15, 16 years later. Anyway, so that's that's my deal. Um, and it's interesting now, like, I always will say I had a breast augmentation. Or sometimes I had a boob job. I don't like the phrase fake boobs. Okay. That makes and sense. And I never have because it they're they're still mine and they're like a part of my body mm-hmm. as I'm sitting here fondling myself. <laughs> um and I just like that has always rung really untrue to me. Well, it makes sense because you didn't didn't have them, right? And it's like almost making it making you feel less because you didn't naturally have them, which it's like yeah. that's so many people. And like you said, you're like it made me feel like less of a woman. Like, and now you're gonna call me fake because I just wanted to feel more comfortable in my own body. Like, yeah. No. So I've I just like have never really liked that. Um, but that's an aside. Um, so tell me about your story uh yeah well i'd like to say for the record i genuinely had no idea that yours were not real <laughs> till you told me they I was are like, real oh, that's shit. what i don't like sorry sorry i meant that they were uh implants or augmentation excuse me i know, I know um which can i say this and i don't know if any listeners feel this and i, and I really hope this doesn't offend you in any way uh <laughs> finding that out made me feel better about my body because you and i have a similar build and i am a little bit heavier than you that I kind of was like, man, I'm so jealous of like Allie's like metabolism and she's thin and like, like, and then finding that out, I was like, Oh, I was like, Oh, she is naturally on the thinner side. She naturally did not have bigger breasts. And I was like, Oh, we just have different bodies, like very different bodies. Like it just weirdly made me feel a little bit more secure about myself. And that's, and that's not a negative to you in any way, but no, I don't take it as one kind of made me feel like, yeah, I like when people are open about this stuff and yeah. And that's one of the reasons why when people – so the only times that it has come up on this platform is in private DMs when somebody will DM me and ask about like how my boobs look so good in a particular dress or like what I use for support in backless tops. I will tell them in those moments because right. it, it feels disingenuous to be like, oh, yeah, just use this bra and you'll be great. Like, mm-hmm. no, there's a, right. there's something else going on here. Yeah. So I did have a rhinoplasty uh, nose job. Um, I did also technically have like the deviated septum. Um, And my uh, journey with plastic surgery is, uh, I'd say, different from a lot of people of it wasn't something that I originally looked to do or Mm. essentially even really wanted to do. Um, Mine actually came from uh, my family, um, specifically, like I have a lot of family that lives very close to the New York city area. Plastic surgery is very, very common to them. Something like a nose job is very similar to like getting braces. They're like, well, you know, you want your teeth to look nice. You get braces. Oh, you, you want to get contacts cause you don't want to wear glasses. They're like nose job, same kind of thing. Um, so just know that going into this. Um, yeah. so essentially I was, uh, 
my mom actually took me to see a plastic surgeon because she she told me she thought my nose was broken. And obviously playing sports, contact sports, yes, I'd been hit in the face with a basketball before, you know? Had there been like an incident though? Like, Not like a super specific happened? thing. She just was like, I think your nose looks a little crooked. I think it might be broken. Let's go get it checked out. And you know, you're young. You're like, your parents say get in the car, you get in the car. Yeah, you're going to the doctor. You're going to the doctor. You're like, yep, this is classic. You know, all of a sudden I got to get shots, get in the car. You're like, okay. How old you know. were you? I was 14 turning 15. I was like a freshman in high school. Okay. Um, so she brought me to this doctor. Um, and I remember the doctor comes in and he's like, I was reading like a magazine and he's like, oh, see anything you like? And I was like, oh, I was like, no, nah, I'm just here to see like if my nose is broken, like my mom thinks it might be broken or deviated septum, whatever. Yeah. And the doctor, I, I could tell is like a little confused. That's because that's not why people go there. Yeah. He's like, I mean, I'm a full plastic surgeon, lady, you know. So he checks me out. He looks at everything. He's like, yes, you have a slightly deviated septum uh, on one side. He's like, most people do, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but he was like, nope, it's not broken. Like, everything looks fine, whatever. And then my mom, like, pipes up and is like, well, isn't it, like, a little crooked, though? And I remember he had me bite on this, like, stick. Uh-huh. And he was showing my mom. He was like, I see, he's like, I see how you think it's crooked. And he said, maybe there was something slightly just off with my jawline, whatever. I'm not really sure. I just remember biting on the stick. There's like three people looking at me in this room. And I'm like, I don't really know what's happening. Like, I thought we were good. Like, we're done. Yeah, the nose isn't broken. Well, we're, let's go home. Right. So we get out of there. We leave. And then we're in the car. And my mom, like, starts kind of talking to me in these really vague things. And my mom is is a very sweet and nice person. And the problem with that is she isn't very direct. Mm. So essentially, we finally get to her being like, you know, I just wanted you to know if you ever wanted to do something and if you ever didn't like how you looked, that like we would look into it and, you know, we could possibly get that done for you if you would like to. And I was like, well, like I remember being like, well, you like, do you not think I'm pretty? Like, I was just so confused of like, what's going on? Oh, that is so hard. Right. But it's something that in her family it's this very common procedure. So she was explaining to me, like, listen, like many people in our family have done it. Like you got your braces off, you got, you know, your contacts. Like, she's like, I just want you to know X, Y, Z. And it was an interesting thing for me because I was sitting there being like, if you had just said to me, Hey, if there was ever any plastic surgery you wanted to do, I've always had like a little tummy, a little stomach, a thousand percent. I would be like, is there something we could do about this? Like, this is the part of my body that I'm self-conscious of. Mm Mm-hmm. But essentially, yeah, and I remember, like, when my mom took me and I was young, I, I did say to her, I was like, you know, I'm like, this is not smart to do this now. I was like, I still play sports, like, several different contact sports, like, not just basketball. And I was like, so if we were to do this and then I do get hit in the face, like, now it's really a problem. Like, yeah. we're, are we going to have to do it again? Like, you know, I don't know. I'm like, does it make your nose weaker? Like, I don't fucking know what the deal is. So it was very much kind of, like, put to rest. I ended up playing basketball in college. And then after I graduated college, she kind of started bringing it up again and being like, well, you know, would you want to at least look into it and go to doctors and we can like see, like they could probably show you on a screen, like what it could change. And I was very like, I really like resisted it a long time of kind of like, dude, can you back off? Like, I'll never forget getting like my senior pictures in college. Like they had a photographer come and they're like, oh, I'll go take one. And my mom was like, you going to go get one? And I was like, no, like, what does it matter? She's like, well, it's for the yearbook. We can maybe get some. I'm like, fine. I remember I go, I take this picture. I get the proof. So I'm like, damn, I look good. So I order a bunch yeah. of little ones. I go, okay, I'll put these in my thank you cards for my little grab party. And you know, to give to my family, whatever. I get like a five by seven for my parents. And then I'll never forget like being home that summer. My mom like is showing me the picture and she's kind of like, do you see how like, this is like a little big or like da 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 and oh, I, was, I just God. never forget sitting there being like oh I thought I looked great like I was like okay um and it was something like I would catch her looking at me every once in a while and I would just be like what like what is it right um and I'm not gonna lie it was essentially my mom then suddenly my aunt then suddenly my grandma all kind of being like just get it done what's the big deal like why don't you look into it and do it like I had another family member that was like about to do the same procedure. And so it was like, just go with her, like go see her doctor. She's going to maybe check your stuff out. And it's a weird combo. Cause it's like, you know, it's your family. You're like, all right. You're like, I'll look into it. And at that time I did get into, you know, I was doing stand up comedy. I was suddenly in a few like sketch videos or like interview videos. They're like the talking head um, style. And I remember like on my own, I did like see a video and I was like looking at it and I was like, 
okay. I was like, yeah, I was like, my nose isn't the best. You know, I'm Italian. I had that classic Italian nose, round, whatnot. Um, and I remember looking at the videos being like, yeah, this could be better. And it, just, it sucks though that like it doesn't seem like that was your natural thought. It wasn't that like no. would like that you wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, it, it wasn't. If you naturally. hadn't been primed to. Right. Like it it really wasn't. So I did like finally like go to a handful of doctors um with my mom to get whatever consultations and look into it and see their work and their pictures. But it's what's so interesting about plastic surgery though is like I would never forget like some doctors I'd walk in. I remember one guy, he was like, well, of course you have a bigger nose. You're tall. I was like, what? What? That makes no sense. <laughs> and then uh, and then another man, I swear to God, Ellie, it's like, I walk in. They're like, oh, what are you here for? I'm like, um, you know, I'm here for, you know, a nose consult. And just immediately he goes, oh, you don't need a nose job. You need a chin implant. I'm like, what, what is that? Like, yeah. Like, my experience was very like, yo, these doctors are like, like some of these people have no, no read of the room where I was like, buddy, you don't know this, but I like kind of barely want to be here. Like, I don't really want to do this. Like, yeah. and I'm already treading lightly. And I'll never forget one doctor we were talking to. And as I was talking, I started to cry. Then my mom started to cry. And I will never forget, Allie, this doctor got up and left the room. Oh my God. Yeah. And then like, he eventually came back, but he almost was like, oh, I can't, I'm not dealing with these two crying people right now and i was like holy shit what a like, great bedside manner he had yeah which by the way anybody looking into plastic surgery this same doctor was i was like you know usually all of them show you before and afters to look at right that are you know obviously approved by the patients sure. um i was like oh can i see your before and afters and he was like well of course i'm just going to show you my best work and we're like yeah but we're seeing everybody's best work so show it so yeah. like didn't show us before and afters and i was like talk about a major red flag if you're looking Absolutely into not. doing plastic surgery um and something, something I was glad I did was I did like shop around. So essentially I did find a doctor I really liked. Um, and my nose like kind of drooped down. So basically they like just lifted it up a little bit and like thinned it on the sides. So if you do see like before and after photos of me, it's like, oh, I, it, it's like, it's the same nose, but just smaller, I would say. If so that they didn't like sense. change the structure of your face. It really was not like a big drastic change. Um, but yeah, it was something like I am someone that was more pushed into it. Uh, and I will never forget, like about to be getting wheeled into surgery. You know how they always give you a little shot um, before you go into the room? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll never forget they give me that. And my mom's next to me. And all of a sudden she goes, you know, if you don't want to do this, it's OK. And I was like, are it's you fucking right. kidding me? Like, I remember looking at her like, I'm here because of you. Like, you you nagged me about this for years. Like, I, I essentially... A large part of me chose to do this so you would shut up. Like, I don't think she fully realizes that. And like I said, I love my mom. I'm not trying to like trauma dump on the show or whatnot. But like, this is my experience with plastic surgery, right? And yeah. and I'm not anti. I, I'm, I'm with you, Ellie. You really want to do something? And you have the means to do it? Do it. Uh, but if anything, my experience was almost sitting there being like, do you almost want to make a wish a nose job to somebody else? Like, it seems like you really want someone to get one. I almost feel like there's people out there that want one more than me. Maybe, maybe you should treat them to one, you know, it was kind of like the feeling I had, but I was just very like, I couldn't believe she said that at the last second. I was like, it was something I was like, I feel like this is just to make you feel now not guilty. Right. It's like, we're finally here. I finally agreed to do it. And also it's like, yeah, was I in the best mood that day going? No. So how do you feel about it now? Like, have you and your mom talked about it since? The only time I haven't really brought it up. The only time I did was um, she said some stuff about uh, me podcasting, talking about dating and relationships. Mm. And she was like basically saying she's she thought that would that was the reason I don't have a boyfriend or a partner. Yeah. And it's because I was upset about a breakup that happened. But I was like, the person I was dating knows I do this. They knew the yeah. whole time. Like. And they also were in the entertainment space. I was like, if anything, I'm like, I think they understand more than, you know, someone right. who's not in entertainment. Um, and I explained it to her. I'm like, I'm a comedian. I'm in entertainment. I was like, that is naturally not attractive to a lot of men because they're terrified I'm going to be up there talking about them specifically, which, by the way, I don't. Come see my act. <laughs> but then I essentially just like wasn't talking to her for like, I thought it was like two weeks. Apparently it was a month because then suddenly I'm getting texts from my siblings being like, you know, mom really wants to talk to you, blah, blah. And I was just was like, I'm busy. I don't really want to deal with this. So then she was like texting me these like long paragraphs. And I remember being like, I just need some space. I don't really want to talk about it. And that was the only time I brought it up was I was just like, yeah, I was like, 
you know, I was like, remember when you thought like me getting a nose job would like maybe get me a boyfriend or make my life so much better? And it didn't. I was like, so no, I was kind of like, I'm kind of done. Like, I don't have to take your advice. Like, thanks for it, but I don't have to take it. I'm my own adult. Like, you don't pay my bills. I pay my bills. Am I living with a friend right now because I lost my day job? Yes. But you know what? (laughs) But you're not involved. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? It was because it was a saving money move. So I didn't have to blow my savings. And very appreciative to my good friend who let me move in for a minute. Um, It's hard. It's hard of, I honestly don't really know the answer to the question when people are like, do you regret getting plastic surgery or like, Oh, if you could do it again, would you do it? And I'm in the camp of like, you know, obviously it's, it comes from a privileged place that I had, uh, parents that were offering and could afford, uh, me to get a surgery if I wanted to. Like, I understand that's a very privileged thing. Um, but I kind of just wish it was left at like, Hey, listen, I don't know if you know, these members of our family have had work done. This is what they've gotten done. Um, if there ever was anything you wanted to do, we're open to that. We would figure it out. Like, let us know. And I yeah. kind of wish it was just left at that because I will never forget, like during the whole process, my dad just being very quiet. And like my mom once asked him something of like, Sonny, what do you think? And he was like, she's my daughter. I think she's beautiful. If she wants to do it, fine. But that's like all he left at it. So that's why it's it's a weird thing of I'm very... Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know what I would say to that question. I've been thinking about it because we were recording this, and um, yeah, I still don't have a hard answer to it. It is a complex question for you because there's like it's not just the procedure and the results, but it's also like all of the emotional stuff that went into it, and your relationship with your mom and your family, and like all of that is wrapped up in it. And I hope this isn't a weird like negative spin or take on the thing, but that is just my natural experience with it. And uh, like I said, I'm I'm not anti. So it's something that that's why I, I tried to make the point earlier of I'm like, as much as I caved to it uh, a bit or was convinced, uh, yeah, it really has to be something like, is it is it something you want to do? And what's the reason that you want to do it? Yeah. So, you know, but if you got you got those Italian moms that don't leave you alone, I also feel your pain. I feel your pain <laughs> as I have that and had an aunt and a grandmother all on board. So. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. That's, yeah. you know, I think I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that like family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um and the way that a lot of our insecurities stem from things that family members have said to us or continue to say to us. Yeah, family members, friends. Um but yeah, so in the future, we would like to have a guest to get I guess more deep into this and we're going to survey the fans for what sir what questions they have related to plastic surgery. Um and yeah, so happy to hear all your suggestions. You could go to findingmrheight.com slash podcast. Yeah, let us know. If you have experts in the field that you think would be great guests, send those suggestions in. We want to hear them. Great. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week. Bye.